Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 179 today. Wow, <laughs> it's been quite a week. By the time this is released, this podcast episode, we will have finished and closed enrollment for uh, Mandarin Immersion Masterclass. So thank you so much for all of you who participated in that campaign. We've already got some great responses from that course, some lovely comments, uh, and we've actually got it's a bit amazing how many uh, emails and comments we had this week. Uh, and I think the big reason for that is because of a new style of communication we, we are starting. And we're both really excited about it. Uh, and we're both really excited about it. I think last, uh, last time we did the podcast... I was actually sick. I'm still kind of recovering, but I'm just about right now. Um, Phil uh, mentioned this, and I don't know exactly what he said, but essentially we're doing a lot more close contact with those who are on our email list. And one of the key things that we're doing is rewarding attention. And I'll explain and touch on this a little bit more as we get through today's podcast, okay? Uh, so we're rewarding attention, people that pay attention, people that uh, click our links. Those are the people uh, who we will uh, tell new, tell things about regarding new courses uh, and also free things that we give away. Uh, and another thing that we'll be doing is, as well as uh, rewarding attention, is respecting inattention. Okay, so uh, those of you who are on a list who maybe don't respond, don't read stuff, you won't hear from us. <laughs> as it were. You won't um, hear when it comes to things like when we're releasing a new course, for example, or we are giving away a free course or something like that. Um, unless you raise your hand, unless you show us that you're interested, uh, you won't get any kind of promotional stuff from us. Again, <laughs> it's not like what we're doing anymore. Um, so I'm very excited about that because that means that we have a much more engaged uh, audience. Now, for the people that are on our list that don't, you know, tell us that you're interested in buying something or uh, or getting something for free, even uh, that's fine. You're you're still going to get lots of really cool stuff. So, we are starting a brand new newsletter as well, and we've already we've always had a newsletter really for many many weeks. I think uh, weeks. What we're talking about several years now. I think I don't know exactly how long we've been doing it, but at least two years, I would say. Um, and it's always kind of something we've just used as, hey, we've got a new blog post out this week, got a new podcast, go and check it out. Here's something we did on Instagram. It's very sort of uh, minimal effort. And, you know, we got a pretty decent response from that because we, we put out pretty decent content, right? But now it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, what we're going to be doing now is getting a bit more personal. And um, we don't exactly know what we're going to be doing week to week, uh, but we'll be, let's just say we'll be... Um, sharing our thoughts on language learning will be getting more personal and we'll also be including a lot more research things that we've found out about learning chinese language learning uh, and i think we've decided on a newsletter name as well we we uh we wanted a name for our newsletter we didn't just call it the mb digest or mandarin blueprints newsletter we wanted, that's a bit lame so um we reached out to the community and we've got a ton of really good responses and it was really difficult to choose, actually, which one to go for. Um, we had all sorts of cool names. Mandarin Toolbox, Mandarin Mentor. Um, 
a couple were top of the list. We were like, oh, we, we really didn't know what to choose. So uh, we ended up going with Mandarin Insights, okay? Uh, and that's going to be our newsletter from now on. And, and we think, I think we're going to go for Friday. So um, it's going to be every two weeks at the moment. This could change, of course. could be less often, could be more often. The important thing is that it's valuable to you. And you're actually going to look forward to it when we send it to you. And you go, oh, Mandarin Insights is here. Let's see what insights they have for me this week. Okay. Um, so that's a couple of changes that we're doing there. Um, so, yeah, another thing. Um, well, let's just get into today's comments because there are a ton of them. And I think uh, this will naturally unfold as we get through today's podcast. Okay. We've got a couple of emails here from Christopher, um, who has signed up for the immersion course recently. Uh, so this is just his uh, first bit of feedback on it. This morning, I finished watching to the end of level one tutorials, which is a good place to stop for now. So we have level different levels depending on where you are in the Mandarin Blueprint method. And to start engaging in the resources. I have to admit, it's been eye-opening for myself as I was clueless about some of the more modern approaches to sentence mining. And I'm new to immersion learning as a whole. Though Matt versus Japan's approach was recommended to me a few months ago. I've been installing some of the recommended software and checking out the resources, and I feel that it's injected some fresh energy into my language learning. As someone who, is, who has an abundance of time on their hands these days, obviously anyone can find their own resources, but it requires time and effort. Likewise for learning characters, words, sentences, purely using Pleco, but personally I've always enjoyed the blueprint part of Mandarin Blueprint, as that is what was missing from my early years of studying Chinese. More importantly, I feel ready to put a lot of time into immersion and exploring Chinese films and TV outside of the sentences of the Mandarin Blueprint method sentences and graded readers. So I'm going all in on this for the next few months, as well as joining the Refold community, which I discovered through Legends of Language Learning course. Yes, Chris got early access to that. I have also started a study gram to try and at least make me accountable for my results and leave it as a record I can look back on while putting more effort into the Chinese learner identity. The cost is about the same as 10 to 15 one-on-one -on -one classes, which might take 10 to 15 hours of your life. Those classes would fade over time. I know I'm going to be spending a lot more time than that immersing, so I might as well start with the correct tools and methods and techniques and invest the money into resources which will get me good results. To summarize, you can find anything for free on the internet, but sometimes you will have to do more work and spend more time. I have chosen to save my time in finding and more time in learning in this instance. So thank you very much for that, Chris. Christopher, and he, he also, this is before the immersion course was released. This is related to Legends of Language Learning, which um, I'm pretty sure we're still fixing some little things. We're still, uh, it's, it's ready to go, but we're still making some tiny tweaks. But I think I can confidently say that Legends of Language Learning is available. And there should be a link somewhere in this video description, I'm hoping. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll put that in there. If it's not in there for some reason, then get in touch, and we'll uh, we should be able to send you that. So you can get free access to hours and hours of in-depth interviews between myself and Phil, and um, all kinds of lang legends of language learning. Okay, uh, one of which we, we mentioned Refold there. One of which is uh, Ethan, CEO of Refold, um, and a few other uh, people as well, including Matt versus Japan himself and uh, Ollie Richards and uh, Gabriel Weiner from Fluent Forever, all, all sorts of cool people that know what they're talking about when it comes to learning languages. And we're gonna keep growing this thing as well. So you're getting free access to it and 
any updates that we make as well, which there will be a lot. So very, very cool. Um, speaking of which, uh, Christopher goes on. He, this is actually an earlier email. So he says, I finished the Legends of Language Learning course in its current form, and I want to congratulate, congratulate you guys on an excellent addition to the course library. There were projects I had absolutely no idea about, such as Refold, Sup China, Slow Chinese, and Story Learning, which I will investigate in more detail. Refold in particular is super interesting for me, and as I approach the more intense immersion stage of my study inspired by your forthcoming immersion course, I think it's something that I will be investigating more and contributing to. After watching Dominic's video of using Traverse to link to his immersion study, I also had no idea Traverse could be used in that way. And although you said in the last podcast there will be more walkthroughs of how to use software, I think that will be extremely valuable. For example, for years I've probably been underusing Pleco compared to others, so little eye-opening moments of how to use certain software or applications is another seed planted in the brain, which then myself as the learner has to remember to, wa to water the perfect amount. I made notes on all of the videos and look forward to going back and watching all the interviews in full and seeing the course expand over time. I've also gained a ton of valuable advice which I can pass on to my Chinese friends learning English. Wishing you a successful launch weekend for the immersion course and we'll see you in the comments again. Thanks again for your prompt replies and keeping up that high quality customer interaction. I'm looking forward to the next stage of the journey both individually and for Mandarin Blueprint. Kind regards, Christopher. Well, Christopher, you're also a legend, I think. You're also a legend of language learning. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, Chris has been very su supportive, given us lots of uh, a very important feedback already uh, after being on the course for such a short amount of time. So thank you so much for that. Um, next is Michelle from email. She says, <laughs> I know MB is awesome, but I have let it slip. I will start again, but my question is, what is the minimum amount of time I need to spend each day so I don't get that leaky bucket learning? Well, as long as you're, the method is right, you won't get the leaky bucket because the leaky bucket is to do with a poor, uh, a poor foundation and not doing your flashcard reviews, okay? So as long as you, you're doing the bare minimum, so you're finishing your flashcard reviews, uh, even if you're not making any further progress, that's, that's you, you won't get the leaky bucket. Things will generally stay in your mind, okay? Um, but the minimum is 30 minutes. If you want to, of, uh, let's say, the minimum spent on making progress, new progress, so not including flashcard reviews, things like that, um, outside of that time, 30 minutes spent at least. That's, that's that absolute minimum. And then um, spending time throughout your day listening to Chinese passively. That's, that's sort of what you want to be doing. Like aim for like two or three hours of that per day as well, on top of everything else, which is doable for most people. Um, if you, some people might need to make some sm small tweaks to your sort of daily habits, but generally that's, that's what I would recommend. Next is Michael. Hey, Luke and Phil, as usual, your communications are spot on. This was uh, in response to an email we sent out announcing our new messaging style and, of course, announcing the immersion course. I know it's a promo, but you guys have the knack of personalizing your messages and keeping me engaged in my Mandarin journey. I like the sound of the Mandarin Immersion Masterclass, which seems to have come just at the right time in my journey. So, yes, I will be signing up for those emails. My question about Mandarin, which I've been dying to ask for some time now, so thanks for the opportunity. 
From the beginning of the course, you have warned us quite correctly about trying to speak Mandarin too early and to concentrate on developing vocabulary and familiarity with reading and writing answers. So when is the right time for those of us who are not living in a Chinese culture to introduce speaking apart from shadowing into the lessons? Okay, so first of all, don't worry too much about writing. That's not an essential aspect. The only reason why we suggest writing is because it, there's a relationship between the, the, the hand and the mind. It just helps you, that muscle memory, it's good to, keep, to help remember the characters. It just works. And also it's nice to have legible characters because you will occasionally need to write them down, right? But it's, it's really the least important aspect uh, is handwriting of all skills when it comes to language learning, especially with Chinese, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> when to speak, well, I kind of already mentioned it, right? It's essentially the short answer is when you like, when you feel like it. But uh, uh, basically, you'll naturally start be able, being able to speak a lot when your comprehension reaches a certain level. So when you can just turn on a Chinese TV show, and you can naturally understand it, like without relying too heavily on subtitles. That's when you'll probably notice that your speaking ability is is starting to come. Okay, so uh, at that point, you can start practicing speaking then and writing. Writing is actually a good place to start because it's output, and it's the same sort of part of your brain, but you get unlimited time. So it's the same strength that reading has over listening when it comes to input, right? Because reading you can just take your time. So it's like a hack. So writing is like a hack for output. So you can start with writing, actually, um, especially if you're a bit nervous, a bit neurotic or whatever. If you're not like a bit self-critical, etc., you're a bit, you don't, you're not, you could experiment with writing and take your time forming correct sentences. Um, look up anti-moon uh, and search for, just read all their articles, actually, but um, especially the articles about output, when to output, how to output. And uh, it, there's basically a guide there for how to do it, which is written far better than anything I could say right now on this podcast. So, yeah, so you're welcome there. Uh, I hope that helps there, Michael. Next is Glenis. Um, she says, I just want to know if it's better to think in Chinese instead of writing or thinking first in English and then trying to convert to English. For example, I've written my Traverse flashcards out because I feel that the pictorial prompts, although handy, are not actually making me learn the words. Sorry, I know what I know what I mean, but it's difficult to explain. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, so first off, I think that, um, well, my only real answer to this, uh, maybe Phil answered something different. I think Phil answered you already. But I would personally say um, maybe the thinking here is a bit backwards. So like thinking in Chinese, I think, comes more naturally with enough input, right? Um, just like speaking in Chinese does. And the reason why we think first in English um, is not because we try, it's just because that's what we're most used to. That's the language that, well, our first language for most people listening here. So I think uh, with just sheer input, you will start naturally thinking in Chinese. That's all I really know about the subject. Um, I've never really, I, do, I guess I do think in Chinese sometimes, but um, that's definitely something I'm going to think about. Next here is Dale. Hi, Luke and Phil. I have a lot of trouble with tones. I haven't had time to study Chinese as much as I desperately want to over the last few years due to work and family commitments, but we'll be getting involved again soon. But tones is the big mountain for myself thus far. Yeah, the, the thing about tones is um, there are definitely some cool little hacks you can do, right? So uh, just generally shadowing is really effective. Um, but the most effective thing that I've discovered about fixing your tones is just building a solid foundation and building a, vo a large vocabulary, uh, especially identifying the right tones. So if you build a, a, a solid vocabulary, um, you'll be able to, your brain will, and you get a lot of input 
okay, you get a lot of comprehensible input, a lot of immersion, your brain will naturally start to pass the tones easier. If your brain can start to pass and identify the tones, you'll make less tone mistakes naturally as well, right? Um, but aside from that, it just takes, uh, yeah, so make sure that you, you're, well, you're, you're on the, the manual blueprint method, so you're learning characters very well, uh, and your tones are sort of attached to areas in your imagination. So it's very difficult to get the individual tones wrong on an individual level. Uh, of course, characters have multiple pronunciations, like many characters do, but generally it's a good start, it's a good foundation. And then the rest is just, uh, yeah, lots of lots of input and also shadowing practice as well. So you're speaking at the same time as you're hearing it. Uh, and if you just do that for a few minutes every day, um, you should notice a big improvement in your tones. But yeah, it's a big problem uh, for a lot of people, especially if you started badly, like you didn't quite focus on pronunciation early enough or well enough, um, but it's definitely fixable. Next is Susan. It's she says, uh, it's okay to learn Mandarin, but because you have no one to talk to in Mandarin, I believe it's more difficult to understand and respond without a buddy, so to speak. Or would you disagree? Yeah, I mean, having a, having a buddy, having a language, language partner I've already mentioned a couple of times today is like, it's it adds a different layer to it and it's rewarding in and of itself. But it's certainly not 100% necessary to start speaking Chinese fluently. You know, that's mostly down to what you consume, what you listen to. Uh, and that's all done digitally, thanks for, to all this wonderful technology we have, right? So you sort of create lots of little buddies. There's not really much two-way conversation going on, but you create lots of little Chinese buddies in the form of, you know, people, podcasts or TV shows, things like that. But yeah, you will need to, to develop relationships with real Chinese people at some point. It's just not essential right now. Katya says, my number one question, I've never lived in an English-speaking country, and yet my English is almost native level, so so much so that I write technical documentation for my company, a Canadian company. I keep hearing people say that it's impossible to attain this level of proficiency with Chinese unless you live in a Chinese-speaking environment for at least four, a few years. Is this true? No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's nonsense. I know for a native, Chinese, a native Spanish speaker, English is a lot easier than Chinese, but I managed my level of English through consuming a lot of native English content and through online conversations, both spoken and written. Yeah, Chinese is no different. With native speakers, my hope is that through this same amount and quality of practice, my Chinese can one day become at least as good as my English. Really curious to see what your immersion course is all about. Yeah, it's the same process. Language learning is no different. Chinese than it is for English or any other language as far as I know, right? It's just uh, Chinese is just a bit, it's got the extra challenge of the writing system. Uh, whereas with Spanish, from you know, or, you know, learning English as a Spanish speaker, you can pretty much read English very accurately from day one, as long as you have a few little pronunciation lessons, right? And just this, some of the pronunciation with English is a bit weird, right? But apart from that, yeah, like, uh, Chinese is, yeah, you follow the same process, input, 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 you will eventually um, speak Chinese. It just make, maybe takes a bit longer. It does take a bit longer than uh, learning going from Spanish to English. Maybe double the amount of time. Teodor, uh, this is on the uh, Habit Building Bootcamp. Uh, it's the very first video. We just introduced the course and the idea of habits. And it's a very good video to watch. So it's a great video. I'm pretty fascinated with habit building in general. And I've read a number of books on the subject, not atomic habits yet, however. And you mentioning Michael Phelps as a habit builder is no joke. For those that don't know, 
during the 200 meter butterfly Olympics race, uh, water came into Michael's goggles, blinding him. His, but his trainer had instilled a habit in him to envision every race in his head, planning for every stroke he would make. Because of this, he was able to know how many strokes he had to make before making the final push to the finish. So he did, and not only won, but broke the world record in the process. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a different, he seems like a different species, doesn't he? <laughs> this and a lot of other stories are told in the book, The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and in Business by Charles Duhigg, which I really recommend. Anyway, great initiative with this course. I'm looking forward to continue. Next here is Gavin. He says, on another note, one thing I love about MB is that most of the questions I have as I progress through the course have already been asked by other members in the community. I can't stress enough how valuable I find the comments section for each and every lesson. If I can use the mountain analogy from the start of the course, each lesson is like a signpost on the way up the mountain and each comment is like a set of initials inscribed on that signpost, reassuring me that others have already been there, uh, others have already been where I'm standing now. I always find it very encouraging. That's awesome to hear, man. I'm gonna keep this as a quote. Um, this is a really nice quote uh, to use somewhere, <laughs> definitely. Um, I'm really glad that that helps. And yes, we always we always had a very strong feeling that, that the important, the comments in the community are one of the most important aspects of the course. So thanks for that. Lynn Ford on welcome and course in overview. This is for the immersion course. She says, <laughs> I have a feeling she'd respond to something like this. OMG, I am so excited. Very pumped for this course. And I saw up ahead that you have a Pleco tutorial. I have been needing one of those for a hot minute. Thanks for always finding new ways to help us be successful. Well, thank you very much, Lynn, for that. And yeah, uh, Pleco tutorial, I hope that, that is helpful for you. I just went through in detail how I use Pleco and all the different functions it has, which a lot of people tend to miss. I certainly did uh, when I was starting out. So great. Daniel, again, same lesson on the Emerging course. As an early on lifetime member, I'm so happy to be a part of this new dimension in, language, in learning Mandarin Chinese from two of the best experts in the field. You're talking about us, right? <laughs> great job, guys, on, great, on a great new course. Thanks very much, Daniel. Next, Michaela on what is fluency? How long will it take? This is a lesson that we put very early on into the immersion course that we think a lot of people want to know the answer to this question. And we did our very best. It's obviously a very broad answer that we gave, but we really dug deep into this and gave the best answer we possibly could. Anyway, Michaela says, fastest, easiest, more fun in terms of you know doing it the MB way as opposed to the conventional way. All important to many learners, I'm sure. But what impresses me the most about the MB method is just how effective they are compared to anything else out there. Well, and I say that having both college level Chinese classes in the US as well as intensive Chinese courses in China as part of my language learning background. I've always struggled with listening comprehension the most, so I'm definitely excited to dive into this new course. So thank you very much for that, Michaela. Really appreciate that. Um, and it's, it's a huge compliment as you have so much to compare it to. Um, yeah, then, and the biggest thing that you'll notice is that, so for example, people that go through the manual blueprint method, they do genuinely have a huge discrepancy between reading and listening, and that's natural anyway, but because we really exploit the hack of reading to the absolute fullest we can with the manual blueprint method, your reading is so, you, you know, you're getting this such amazing reading comprehension so quickly, and your listening really doesn't grow that much. It does grow, and of course, you're, by building such a solid reading foundation, you're better equipped to improve listening faster. But at the end of the day, your listening still needs hundreds of hours of exposure before your brain sort of forms to the to Mandarin, right? So, and there's no real getting around that. There are some things you can do, and that's what we help you with uh, when it comes to the immersion course that we've just released. 
Um, but generally, yeah, it's, uh, it's immersion is the way forward with that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, some of the early adopters of this course and seeing their feedback on their uh, progress over the next few weeks and months. Next is Glennis on You Did It. This is the last episode, last lesson, sorry, for the pronunciation mastery course. She says, I did it. Wow, I thoroughly enjoyed the pronunciation mastery course. I have tried to learn on and off over the last 10 years with various methods, but I've always given up. This course has given me more confidence than any other. I have found going through this, each sound and especially the tongue positions invaluable. I've also amazed myself with how much I've learned. I've been using Link to listen to short stories while I'm driving and get very excited when I recognize words and know their meaning without having to translate into English. I just know in Chinese. How cool is that? I've taken it slowly, written it all down, completed my traverse every day as flashcards. This is an old brain here. And I'm really looking forward to the next step. Characters, here I come. Well, can't wait to hear what you think of characters. You're just scratching the surface, Glennis. This is just the beginning. Um, so thanks for that great feedback. And uh, yeah, stay in touch. Nathan on level 17 complete. This past year has been very busy for me, but I'm pumped to be maintaining my cards and steadily making progress when I can. After about two years, I'm at this point doing about 25 minutes a day, on average three to four times per week. I'm planning to ramp it up, but to me, the goal is not to short term, but long term. And it doesn't matter how fast you learn all of Chinese as a challenge, just to forget it a year later. I actually had a period of a few months last year where I was way behind on my Anki cards. It was a bitch to get back into the groove. I had to remember every, re-remember everything through lots of friction and pain. And that experience scared me into never letting it happen again. <laughs> yeah. When you get too behind, it really can, um, really can be intimidating. It can be a bit of a setback. So just make sure you don't overdo it with the new cards, right? Um, so that's really good. So finding your groove, finding your own pace. Nathan is obviously a very busy person. I believe he's an entrepreneur himself. So... Um, yeah, that's one of the most important things you can do, not only just to build the habit, but also to pace yourself correctly. Uh, so well done. Christopher, um, this is on an interview in the Legends of Language Learning. It's a quote from Ethan Puzam. Uh, Puz I actually don't know how to say his last name. I would guess it's Pudarne, but I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Ethan. But he's the CEO of Refold. He says, but fundamentally, we are creatures that imitate each other and it's just built into who we are. It's built into our identity. Humans imitate one another and language is no different. Language is about imitation. So Christopher says, there is so much about this which is true with many kinds of behavior. As someone who's taught over a thousand children, when you finally meet parents of the children, you realize why the child behaves the way the child does. Yeah, I also believe that that is why learning or teaching the skills of how to study language is far more important in that first period than anything else. When you apply that with the child's absorbent brain, watch them develop at a pace you will be forever envy of at your older age. Well, that's, yeah, a very, very good points right there. And we've got two more comments here that are very similar. This is just uh, in the uh, overview of the immersion course where uh, I believe it was Phil suggested that they change their phones to Chinese. And Christopher and Gavi said basically the same thing. They were saying, nice to be here on day one, two. Time to switch the device to Chinese and enter that cave. Thanks for providing some flashlights. And then Gavi said, happy to be here. Looking forward to new ideas and better focus for immersion. Feeling a bit anxious about changing my phone to Chinese. But yes, I guess this weekend will be the time to do that. Well done, guys. It's a bit scary at first, um, but you'll be, you'll be fine. And then another one here from Hannah on a, a very 
uh, also a lesson from the same module. What is fluency? How long will it take? Hannah, we refer to Katsumoto. We're big fans of his and his, uh, his blog. And we refer to that, give quotes of it throughout the uh, course. And she said, love Katsumoto. I stumbled across his site three years ago when I was attempting Japanese. And his inspirational emails are still my fave. Never fails to motivate and or make me laugh. A true, le <laughs> a true legend. Tell your mum, I said, yeah. So he always, <laughs> Katsumoto always ends his emails with, tell your mum, I said, hi. <laughs> and it, it does make me crack a smile pretty much every time as well. <laughs> yeah, he's got an amazing sense of humor. Next, Louise on how you're going to get to fluency. This has given me such a, a more, much more realistic view on the timescales involved. How many characters or words I need to learn and the importance of immersion. I'm at level 44 of the MB course. So this, the timing of this is just perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm very glad. That was sort of instinctively something that we put in there, thinking that people would like to know, you know? Even though, you know, it's, it's just nice. We, we, as human beings, we like to have a, at least a general idea of what we're in for, don't we? Even if that knowledge doesn't really make a difference to achieving the final goal, it's just comforting. Oh, this one I put in from Oscar here is a question that um, actually he asked a question which I had to look up myself. I didn't know the meaning of this particular word. And I thought it was a very interesting phrase and one that, you know, some of you high level learners might want to look at. So Oscar said, Tu Di. Tu Di is like a disciple. Neng. Qing Chu. Qing. So that's green. Chu Yu comes out of Lan. Blue. So green comes out of blue. Qing Chu Yu Lan. Zheng Shi Lao Shi Zui Da De An Wei. So this word, Qing Chu Yulan, is the teacher's biggest um, comfort, right? It makes the teacher feel great. Says, what does it mean? The first part in particular makes no sense to me. Well, didn't make any <laughs> much sense to me either. The green coming from blue, what is that supposed to mean? So I, as usual, what do I do when I, when I come across a Chinese word that I don't know? Well, thankfully, because I know 3,000 or more characters, I can just go to Baidu and get a real in-depth explanation and understand all of it. So this was a few days ago, I looked it up. Qing in this sense, it's from a very, very old Chinese phrase from some old book. Um, I don't know which one, but essentially in this context, uh, Qing, although it usually means green and now, nowadays, um, it, it actually referred to indigo, the color indigo. And uh, Lan referred to uh, another kind of blue, right? Anyway, so it says that this, this indigo, Qing, right, the first carrot, the first color, comes out of this other blue. Now it's actually referring, this land is actually referring to a particular type of flower where the indigo dye is um, extracted from. All right, so it's basically saying the dye that is extracted is actually darker than the original flower. And the way of, this is a very roundabout poetic way of saying the student surpasses the teacher. So that is what it's saying here. Ting Chu Yulan is basically saying, the, the student becomes the master and actually surpasses the master. And this is what is great for a tutor or a coach, for example, of Mandarin Chinese. Um, I'm sure that day is coming very soon where some of you guys are going to surpass Phil and I. In fact, may have already come and I don't even realize because uh, your head's down, you're not shouting about it. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting one. So take a note about that and um, whip that one out at your next uh, dinner party with Chinese people. Michaela on level one, navigating the desert. So becoming comfortable with not understanding. Done, she says. I've spent many hours listening to Chinese and not understanding. 
A serious question, though. How does watching native con content with both Chinese and English subtitles stack up? I have only recently started to watch C dramas. I turn up the sound, so I'm really listening, and I also pay attention to the Chinese subtitles. Easier said than done, because I also try to read the English enough to follow along. I often stop and replay parts when certain words or phrases catch my interest. Sometimes I even read the Chinese subtitles and or repeat the dialogue when I realize I know all the words. Do you think this could still count as passive listening despite the overall reliance on English for comprehension? Well, first off, there's just a uh, passive listening um, is just simply defined as listening that's without full 100% active focus. All right, so it could be 90%, it could be 10% or 1% or 50%. But the idea is basically you're doing other stuff. And what you're doing, the other stuff you're doing, will affect the percentage of focus, which will affect how much you get out of your immersion, essentially. Uh, so that's all passive immersion is, first of all. Second of all, when it comes to English subtitles, use them if you need them. All right, so the idea is comprehension. And when you're way early on, um, relying on English subtitles, I think it's fine. In fact, uh, we had a couple of interviews with Matt versus Japan about it, and he said it's okay. But, you know, I and I agree. But it's just like, you know, you'll figure out where to challenge yourself and where not to challenge yourself. So try and focus on the Chinese. But if you really can't figure it out, understand, then go ahead and switch to the English and then see why you didn't understand, where, where what's missing. Um, and gradually wean yourself off onto Chinese subtitles and then no subtitles eventually. And that's basically all I would say there. Next is Anjali, uh, and again, on the um, what is fluency, how long will it take lesson. She says, as I wrote in a reply on the MB community forum, this video is exactly what I needed. Although I have a routine Mandarin Blueprint study schedule, I am just sort of floating along, and I am progressing at a pace that is comfortable but relatively slow. This has given me a framework to propel my study so I can achieve much more than I have been. You should see the motivational study plan poster I have created just from this video. Yes, yeah, so please um, share that with me. <laughs> I want to know what that is. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm glad it helped, Anjali. That's, that's great. Brian is uh, on. Oh, yeah. So Brian just asked a really quick question here. Is there any functional difference between 一下 and 一会儿? And yes, there is. So 一下 is just a moment. So 等一下. And Ihuar is a while, wait a while, Dong Ihuar. But actually, to be honest, in that context, Dong Ihuar and Dong Isha is basically the same meaning. But in most cases, Ihuar is a while, uh, or Ihuar, both, both pronunciations are fine. And Isha is uh, a moment. So obviously, those are pretty big difference. So Ihuar is uh, longer. That's pretty much it, really. And just general, how they're used is slightly different. So just you know, make sure you see them and hear them. Get them in your eyes and ears, and you'll you'll naturally develop an instinct for when to use the right one. Gavia, on welcome again. She says, my Chinese phone, the one I used to Hello Talk and WeChat on, speaks Chinese now. I imagine she means like a some sort of uh, accessibility setting where it's it it, it uh, well says some sort of Chinese. That's great, cool, cool, and a bit confusing, but definitely makes me read characters. Thanks for the encouragement. Uh, great to hear. And finally. Just a quick, this is also a, another quick sort of tease into the actual immersion course here. Uh, Rick on tutorial for Migaku, a sentence mining power tool. Uh, I was, I'm really excited to hear what people think about this particular lesson. Um, and I won't tell you exactly what, what it's, what's in there. You have to get the course to, uh, to fully know. But generally, I'll just say the word Migaku. Uh, and it's our favorite tool for sentence mining and immersion. All right. And it really works really well. <laughs> Um, and we're really excited about it. So he says, this was a total blast. I didn't know about Magaku until now, but I've hankered for something like that for several years. Tried it out last night and didn't get to bed until very late. 
So that's all I'll say about that. Um, but hopefully that, that uh, perked up some ears um, who are looking to supercharge their immersion into Chinese. Yeah, so I told you. <laughs> so many comments today and all of them just home runs. Well done, guys. Thank you so much um, for sharing and getting your feedback. So thank you very much. I hope that was helpful. Uh, please, as usual, uh, if you have listened this far and you're not on the Mandarin Blueprint Method course and you want to learn Chinese, you should be on the Mandarin Blueprint Method course because it makes Chinese learning really easy. So go ahead and start a free trial. Go to mandarinblueprint.com and start a 14-day free trial and see what all the fuss is about. Uh, and to everyone else, thank you so much. And I will see you again in, I guess, about a month's time. So see ya. Bye-bye.